0: We're officially starting our player breakdowns. We're going to look back at seasons that every player had, look ahead and talk about their future with the organization. Everything, just complete deep dive, total breakdown. And we're going to start with Jonathan Scope today on Locked on Tigers. You are locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. Thank you for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, of course. Okay, so we're starting our player breakdown series. This is pretty much going to be what the show is. Like a majority of the show for probably most of the postseason is going to be this. Because the Tigers aren't going to be doing enough on a day-to-day basis during the postseason to have enough content to fill an entire half-hour show five days a week. So it's going to be a lot of this. And I'm really excited about this because this is a, like I said in in the cold, a complete breakdown. We're just going to do a deep dive and talk about every player on this team and give everyone their due diligence, maybe players that we didn't have time to cover as much as I would have liked to during the regular season, et cetera. If you were on, we're going to try to get through everybody on the 40, man. Um, and if we don't have time to do that, we will certainly get through everybody on the major league roster, at least at the end of the season. But I, I really want to do everybody on the forty. And then maybe at the end, if there were some incomplete seasons or dudes that didn't have that much playing time or whatever, we can do two or three in an episode, just crank through everybody. But um, we're going to start with Jonathan's scope. And the reason I said it on yesterday's show, I wanted to kind of start off with a a, a prominent player or a, a very talked about player to just like kick this off really and and start off with a bang here. And I think Jonathan Scope is one of the most discussed players going into this offseason for a plethora of reasons. Number one, when we come to award season, I'm going to be honest, he should probably win gold glove. <laughs> like, he should probably win gold glove for second base for the American League. And because he, he was phenomenal. He was elite defensively this season. But he had... a a catastrophic season at the plate. And I think it brings up a lot of very intriguing conversations about what his future is with the Detroit Tigers because you can't ignore how bad he was offensively. You can't. No amount of defense can really cover up or cancel out just how poorly he was at the dish this season. And so when we're talking about the future of the Detroit Tigers and, and what we do from here and what we need to add this offseason and whatnot, I think middle infield and, and specifically second base is one of the more fascinating conversations around this entire organization heading into the offseason. Scott Harris's first offseason. So let's get in to Some of the numbers I know that some people are really big fans of analytics, some people are not really big fans of analytics, etc. I'm gonna try my best to accommodate to how like everyone sees the game of baseball, and I'm gonna try to do some, maybe some more baseline numbers and and some uh, not as advanced analytical numbers, and then we can just talk about you know eye test stuff or certain plays, etc. that actually happen, and then we'll also do kind of kind of look at the more analytical side of Jonathan's scope and why he struggled. But I think it's important for starters just to go over those baseline numbers because offensively they, they were not great. So if you're looking on baseball reference, he finished with 0.2 war wins above replacement. And if you look on fan graphs, he finished with 1.5 war wins above replacement. Now that's a very big difference between the two. Uh, that stems from a few different things. They use slightly different formulas. I personally like FanGraphs WAR more than Baseball Reference WAR, but I don't think either should be like the end all be all to analyzing or, uh, yeah, analyzing a player. I don't think that should just be the final say in someone's value. It should just be who has the higher WAR. Um, the reason why FanGraphs WAR is very high, well, considering how poorly he was offensively. <laughs> is because of how great he was on the defensive side of the ball. And and he had, like, I think he led all of baseball in outs above average, which is Fangraphs' kind of baby for um, defensive metrics and how good someone is defensively. And there's a few, and we'll get to the defense later. But uh, just the baseline numbers offensively. He had a 202 batting average, a 239 on base percentage, and a 322 slugging percentage. That combines for a 561 OPS. That is 62 OPS plus. That means that he was almost 40% worse than league average at the plate. Just unacceptable stuff. And if you remember last mid-season last year we extended Jonathan's scope, right? We gave him a two-year extension at the end or in the middle of last season. So he finished out last year and then had a two-year extension where he was going to be under contract for this year. And then he is under contract for next season at $7.5 million AAV. Now, I was a fan of this contract when they first gave it out. I will openly admit that. I thought that he for a team that was really just trying to get out of the gutter offensively. He was someone that had power, again, to a lineup that had zero power. When we brought in Jonathan Scope originally, there was no pop. There was no power in this lineup whatsoever, and he was able to provide some of that. And so I I, I liked the move initially to bring him in. I was, I was pretty fine with it. And then the extension, I was a big fan of too. He had a really good season. Um, And so it's so frustrating. And this is a lot of of this season is really frustrating, but this is definitely up there with uh, one of the bigger letdowns. I guess you would say on the season was Jonathan scopes offensive performance. And I didn't expect him to take a step forward. I mean, he's 30. I think we, we all kind of know what Jonathan scope is at this point. And, I don't think anyone should have expected him to get better or improve, but if he even put up the same stat line as he did in 2021 or in 2020 in the shortened season, his first year with the Tigers, he would have been comfortably the best hitter on this team. And it comes with the hot and cold spells that that are the Jonathan Scope experience, but who cares? It would have been something. He had a 799 OPS in 2020 and a 755 OPS last year in 2021 with a batting average of 278 exactly in each of those last two seasons. Um I, the the biggest thing is the power everything really went away. The power fell off a cliff. He had what 11 home runs on the season, he had 22 in 2021, in his last full season before that, the last 162-game season before that was 2019 when he had 23. He's like a perennial, like 20-plus home run guy pretty much for the last six years. This year, he had 11. I mean, we already talked about the batting average and the on-base percentage. It, it was uh, it was a very frustrating year, and there's a couple of numbers that I really want to hone in on and highlight um, well, I want to talk about a lot offensively and just where it all went wrong still. So we'll get into that right after I tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with the live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there it's the fastest and easiest way to check out all your favorite games events including mlb mma boxing and even golf so head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action bet online where the game starts all right everyone welcome back here segment two of locked on tigers i'm of course your host scott benley okay so we're talking about john the scope Um, I think I want to start with just comparing him to, we, we've kind of looked at comparing him to previous years of himself. I want to really highlight just, I I don't want to beat a dead horse, I guess, but it's important. I I think to take a look across and just realize how much he struggled really across the board. Uh, His K percentage was in the 50th percentile. So that's like pretty much the definition of league average, which is fine, but he was in the second percentile in walk percentage. Now we know Jonathan scope and we know that he doesn't draw walks and we know that he's never drawn walks. So that's not really news to us. It's everything else completely falling off a cliff that makes it more frustrating. There's a lot of people that are like, you know, Oh, he, he swings at everything. He doesn't walk, whatever. Like, like, yes, but he never has. That has never, he he has always swung at everything. He's always been an aggressive hitter and has never drawn walks. But this year, the chase rate, 10th percentile, whiff rate, 24th percentile, barrel percentage, 20th percentile. Like, he is in the bottom fourth or fifth in the league in pretty much everything. And last year, he was 43 in the 43rd percentile and hard hit percentage. He was in the 43rd percentile and hard hit percentage again this year. Average exit velocity 2021. It was just under 30th percentile, 28th percentile. Okay. So you're looking at about 70% of the league, better average exit velocity of qualified hitters than Jonathan scope. This year it was 14th percentile. Weighted on base percentage, second percentile this season. In 2021, he was 28th percentile. And and this this is when you realize, kind of going back to what Matt Shepard talked about the other day. This is when you really take a step back and you do these deep dives and you realize that he was right in his comments about okay players are looked at as good, good are looked as as great, greater looked at as all time like iconic legends. the Detroit Tigers because his numbers aren't that great in 2020 and in 2021 in 2020 I guess in 45 games he almost had an 800 OPS that's not bad but that was like our best hitter and in 2021 we were looking around going this dude is one of our best hitters in 2020 he batted second a lot third a lot like he 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 was the catalyst of the offense. That should not be a thing. Jonathan Scope should not be your best hitter on a playoff team. Even when he's having good years is my point. Now, he can be a good supporting cast, and I tweeted this out going into the season. I was like, you know what, Jonathan Scope, we might look around and realize that he's like the sixth, seventh, or eighth best hitter on this team, and that's a great sign. Little did I know that that would only be true because everyone else would be absolutely horrendous as well, but that's besides the point. It's just that really jumped out at me when Matt Shepard said that. And I really think that that is something that he's spot on about. And I think that Jonathan Scope is, even aside from his struggles this season, this is a perfect example of that. Please extend him. Everybody wanted the extension so bad. Everybody was like, oh, he's one of our best hitters. We need to keep him around, et cetera he he was only worth seven and a half mil. I say only, but like relatively speaking, that that's not a ton of money. AAV wise for someone that should be the best hitter on your team or one of the best hitters on your team. And this season was, was obviously a, a really, really deep struggle of a season for Jonathan scope. Um, when we look at, there's one more stat that I thought was kind of fascinating. So, this one is looking at how you handle pitches in different areas, right? So we have it's broken up into the heart of the plate, the shadow of the plate, which is a little bit kind of like the fringe strike zone, right? Could be a ball, could be a strike either way, kind of those fringe pitches, chase pitches, which are a little bit out of the zone. Uh, those pitches, you know, slider low and away was the Javi Baez chase pitch, right? And then we have waste pitches, which are non-competitive, not even close to the strike zone. And this metric on baseball savant, it's called swing take. And it just breaks down how effective you are at swinging and being productive with pitches that are hittable and how much you take pitches that are chase pitches or waste pitches. So every single pitch thrown to you the entire season is given a value. And at the end of the season, they determine how many runs you either provided or didn't provide. Right. If it's negative based on uh, what your actions were and what your the production was hit, single home run, swing and a miss, take and pitch, et cetera, to every pitch you saw. So Jonathan Scope saw seventeen hundred eighty nine pitches this season. His run value for pitches over the heart of the plate were negative 12. That is the worst in his career for pitches over the heart of the plate. The worst before this season was negative nine, and that was in 2014, his literal rookie year. So negative 12 runs Run value, I guess, technically, I should say, over pitches that were in the heart of the plate, very hittable down the middle pitches. That's obviously terrible. The shadow pitches, those fringe, negative 27. While that's also the worst of his career, pretty comfortably, it's also important to note that he's an aggressive hitter. That's always been negative his entire career because he swings. He goes, he's an aggressive hitter. He goes up there and swings. What makes him effective is. The heart of the plate pitches he can do damage on, and he doesn't necessarily swing and miss and go and chase those crazy pitches low and away all the time. We see it sometimes for sure, but um, and the chase for this year was a plus two, and the waste was a plus six. It didn't matter because negative twelve and negative twenty seven run value on pitches that are strikes is horrific. That's terrible. So it doesn't even matter that he was positive in run value, in pitches that were chased and wasted because he was that poor on pitches literally over the heart of the plate. And we said that a million times this year. Heart of the plate. This team can't hit fastballs down the middle. Nobody can. No one knows why, but they can't hit fastballs down the heart of the plate. It was just a struggle all around for him. And the frustrating thing is, too, when you look at, like, was he getting under a bunch of pitches or was he getting on top of more pitches than he usually does or was he have more ground balls this year than he usually does or all these things where we can look at and go, oh, if he just made an adjustment and, like, no. They're all his contact numbers. What happened when he put the bat on the ball is pretty similar to what he usually does. And he struck out. His strikeout percentage was 62nd percentile in 2021, 53 percentile in 2020. This year, it was right at 50. It's not like he was striking out every time he went to the plate either. It was just he could not do any damage when he put the bat on the ball. And that's why we're sitting here talking about his future. So there's the deep dive offensively. Defensively, this was a fantastic season objectively this was a incredible season defensively for jonathan scope Uh, i genuinely think he should win american league gold glove at second base i think and i don't think it's particularly close either when we look at defensive run saves for second base he had a plus eight that's a really solid number and then we looked at OAA outs above average. Like we said earlier, he has 27. That's the 100th percentile, 100th percentile in outs above average at the position of second base. And and you wonder, like, if he even had the season that he had last year offensively, if he even had a seven. 60 OPS, a 750 OPS, a 740 OPS. How valuable he could have been. I mean, you're talking about a dude that, that had a 5, what, what do we say? 560 OPS, 561 OPS, and still was like a win and a half of value because of how good he was defensively. But his OPS drops 200 points in a season. So here we are really disappointing stuff. Let's talk about the future and what to do at second base where Jonathan scope fits into the plans of this team. We'll do that right after this. What is up everybody? Welcome back to our third and final segment here of locked on tigers. Okay. So we're talking about scopey. Uh, look, the last two years, well, 2020 and 2021, I keep reading this season's over in 2020 and 2021, I liked Jonathan scope on this team. He was a plus defender at second. He always has been, and he was one of our better hitters, whether we liked it or not. Now we're at a place where (sighs) I, I ask myself, even if he put up, that 750 let's call it 740 even let's just go to kind of what he did last year even if he put up that seven, well, he had a 755 last season let's say he did that again this year how confident would I be that he was going to be on this team next season I think there is a legitimate possibility that even if he hit well he would be great trade bait because you're talking about, again, coming off an elite defensive season. If he had those numbers, you're still talking about over the last, like really since Robinson Cano's decline, like in the last five seasons, I think he leads all of second baseman in baseball and home runs. Like you're getting pop out of a position that doesn't usually provide power. You're getting really good defense. Um, and you if you are a team that already has a good offensive core, you don't need him to be the best player on your team, the best hitter in your lineup. You don't. You you can afford to have him be the sixth best hitter in the lineup and, and bat in the six hole, right? And you'll get still plus defense and and run. He'll run into twenty homers out of your six hole. Like that would be incredibly valuable, I think, for a team that was contending, maybe just didn't have a second baseman, already had a really good lineup, wasn't really relying on him to be the breadwinner for that. You know what I mean? And I think he would be really good. You know, Scott Harris comes in, can trade him away, get some pretty decent value for him. Unfortunately, he did not hit very well this year. He did not have a 755 OPS this season. And it was 560 instead. So when we're talking about what to do with him this offseason, I totally forgot to give my letter grade, which I said I was going to do at the beginning of the episodes for these. Letter grade for Jonathan Scope on the season. We're going to give him a D. The only thing saving him from an F is the fact that he was an elite defender. If you even want to say D minus, fine. But I can't fail someone who is, again, should probably win gold glove. Can't give a complete F, but about as bad as you can get without being a complete failure with no value to the team. But he did provide some value. So we're going to go D minus. When talking about what to do with him from here, this offseason, we expect a lot of change. I've said that a lot. I'm going to keep reiterating that point. (sighs) If I had to put a number, Okay, 0 through 10 on likelihood that Jonathan Scope is on this team on opening day next season, right? 0 being there is a 0% chance that he is on the opening day lineup next season and 10 being this is a lock, this is a guarantee, there's no way he's not on the opening day lineup next season. I think I would give him a 3. I think that it is not guaranteed per se, but I also am to the point where I would be legitimately surprised if he wasn't right. So I think I'd give him, yeah, like a two or a three somewhere in, in that range when talking about what to do with the second base position, I don't think there's any more rabbit holes. We can really go down with Scopey. And breaking him down. There is no glaring. If he just fixed this, he'd be better. Like I said, all of his batted ball data was pretty similar to what it's been his entire career. It literally was just when he put the bat on the ball, nothing good ever happened. That's that's just what it came down to. And... That's something that I, I don't expect him to put up a 561 OPS again next season, wherever he plays, whether it's with us or not. I expect that to go back up to an extent, but I also don't expect him to be putting up 800 OPS seasons ever again, like he did in 2020 for us, or like he did in his all-star season in 2017 when he was, you know, back in his like prime, prime. I don't expect that either. Um, and the philosophy of this team with the strike zone dominance and all that that we want. Jonathan Scope does not fit that bill. We've talked about it all season. We talked about it today. The dude does not draw walks. He's a free swinger. Doesn't strike out as much as you would think a free swinger would because he does not chase the waste pitches, but still not drawing very many walks, really aggressive, going to go put the bat on the ball even if it's not a great pitch all the time and we saw the floor of what that style can provide this season. So that's it for scope. Now let's talk about the second base position going forward. There are some free agents that we definitely will discuss and and talk about the possibility of them playing on the team. There's a couple of in-house options that I think are important to note as well. The big one being... Javi Baez can move over to second base, right? Javi Baez moves over to second. Um, Then you go and sign a shortstop again for the second offseason in a row, but you go and sign a shortstop. That's not going to lead the league in errors. uh, Not going to have the throwing problems that Javi had. He has Javi has great range and a great glove, but maybe if you shorten the distance, he has to throw the ball. Then the throwing errors would go away. Maybe who knows. So you have that route you could take, assuming Javi is is okay with it, I guess. You also have some young players that you could discuss filling that role. The big one that everyone loves to talk about is Ryan Kreidler. I've been pretty adamant on my stance that I... Don't think there should be a scenario where you're rolling into opening day next year with Ryan Kreider being a solidified like everyday starter on this team. And again, that's not to mean that's not to say that he can't become that eventually. And we'll do a player breakdown on Kreider at some point, too. But for where it stands right now, uh, he has not even remotely come close to producing the offense that is required to be an everyday starter of an 162-game Major League Baseball season. So um, I don't think that that's an option. I don't think that that's justifiable to roll into spring training with that being the plan. You have guys like Winsiel Perez, who had really nice seasons in the minor leagues uh, and could get looks at the Major League level. Will certainly get a lot longer of a look in the spring, uh, especially if we don't go out and make a big free agent move for the position. Could get a look uh Andre Lipsius has played a few different positions I guess that that's somewhat of a conversation I love Andre Lipsius. I, I he is a a walk king he would be the total opposite of Jonathan Scope where like the power wouldn't really be super great but um he's gonna walk a ton and have a ton of professional abs so I really like him he's got to make the 40 man work first we'll see what happens in December with him but I, there's a few options that people are discussing for in-house and those are pretty much the most prominent names to do that for second base going forward. But looking on the outside trades are tough because those could happen with anyone at any time. And, and next thing you know, we could have someone we didn't expect to have on our team. Right. But when you look at the free agents, you have Gene Segura. He is a club option. So not a guarantee. Uh, I solid season too. So even less of a guarantee, I would say Adam Frazier is a guy really struggled in the regular season this year. I I don't want to say really struggled because like Jonathan scope really struggled, but uh, did not replicate what Adam Frazier has been doing in years past this year. Um, But definitely someone that is more than likely going to be on the market. And that you could take a look at my like favorite thing that could happen at second base would be to get Colton Wong. I love Colton Wong. Uh, he has a club option as well, but it's Milwaukee. We never really know what they're going to do offensively and with the, the divvying out money to bats and such. Um, he's 32 years old. I know that's a little, I guess on the older end of what people would like, but at the same time, if you want this team to be more competitive this year, We're not just going to be able to only play the young kids and be good. Like we've done that for the last six years. It hasn't worked. So I think that he would be a great veteran presence. And the reason that I like Wong so much is because I think he is the perfect. He's just such a great all around player. He's very solid defensively throughout his career. He's gotten become very solid with the bat. Like he's just a solid two and a half to three and a half win player like pretty much year in and year out for the last four or five years. And that is what this team is desperately missing. We don't need every single person we sign to come in and be a 10-win player. I am just begging for some two- and three-win dudes. Begging for just a support cast. If you had a team full of two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half-win players, you'd have a pretty darn good ball club. The thing is, our best player is like two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half wins, and everybody else is either barely positive or just straight-up negative war. I'm just begging for some support players here. Not even MVP candidates. And I think it wouldn't cost you a ton of money to bring in Colton Wong. And again, he has a club option. This is all dependent on what the Brewers do. I'm not saying that this is... A sure thing or everything but if he hits the open market i think this should be one of your first calls i i love this move um offensively this year he had a 251 average a 339 on base percentage and a 430 slugging percentage sounds pretty solid to me i don't know about you uh wrc plus if you're more into more of the the advanced numbers weighted runs created plus that's out of a 100 scale, just like OPS plus. He had a 116, so he his weighted runs created was 16 percent better than league average. Um, OPS on the year 770. That would have comfortably been the best on our team of qualified hitters. And this season, kind of out of character, like struggled a little bit defensively. He had a negative one. Defensive runs saved at second base this year and a negative nine OAA. But those are very much like outliers. If you look at his career, uh, defensive runs saved every year, six, five, 17, 13. That's his last four seasons. And his outs above average, two, two, three, six, his last four seasons. So um, I chalk that more up to just... Uh, being an outlier and that he will, even if he doesn't reach that like 15 DRS or six OAA that he had in his peak, I expect him to at least be like slightly above league average defender again at second base and just a history of really good defense. uh, A second baseman that provides offense, not something you see every day. I just, I, I, that's the direction that I would head again, unless you wanted to move Javi to second and just give out 300 mil to Correa obviously that would be like great right like I would be I would be dancing at, you know what I mean like like a fool if that happened um but if, if we're talking about not necessarily cheaper because I don't want to make Colton Wong sound like he's, he's a discount player like again this is a a dude that that's gonna hang around three war give or take half a win and and um, that would be really close to leading our team this year. Like this would be a huge add to to a team um that got 560 OPS production out of their second baseman this year. So that's who I would look at. But like I said, there's a few names on there. Uh Cesar Hernandez has kind of had a roller coaster of a career offensively, but uh somebody to take a look at Josh Harrison. I don't think that reunion would ever happen, but he has a club option. Um, that that could I guess if that's more of a discount thing in my eyes um, and, and then after that you're that's kind of it like those guys Gene Segura Adam Frazier Colton Wong Josh Harrison Cesar Hernandez that's really like the only legitimate options on the free agent market I mean once you get past that you get into like Rugnet or door territory and like Chris Owings who had negative war and and Jonathan VR who, who you know I, like those are really the only Top end ish options. Uh, if you want to go that route and just go with free agency and, and do that to solidify second base, but there's a really great shortstop class. Really great Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Tim Anderson as a club option. I would imagine that they'd hold on to him, but you know, technically, if they didn't pick that up, he would be out there. That's five dudes that would immediately be your best player <laughs> so like if, if that that if if that's more of like screw this like I, I just want to go out and get a big name and just that's what I want to do then there you go you you are in the camp of getting one of the shortstops and moving Javi over to second which I am totally fine with all five of those dudes I would sing a song and dance around in the rain if they were ever Detroit Tigers But if big money isn't an option, if 300 mil isn't an option for the Illich family, I really like a signing like Colton Wong. And trades are always a possibility. That's a whole different conversation, like I said. So there you go. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Uh, Make your second listen to Lockdown MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team. And the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast. Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey of YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I think that's all I got for you. Jonathan Scope, uh, D- minus was the letter grade for the season. I think that's pretty fair. I think most people would honestly probably just go straight up F. And then uh, we're gonna, I think I'm going to go with a 3 out of 10 for likelihood of him returning. Very low. I, I, w- I would be pretty surprised if he was back next season at this point, but it's not a solidified shirt thing either. So we'll see what happens. We talked, uh, yeah, options to go at second base, kind of just did a full breakdown, more of the second base position, I guess, going forward than just Jonathan Scott. Well, half and half, whatever. I'm just rambling. Okay. Peace and love. Going to therapy's is dope. Uh, don't know who we're doing tomorrow yet, but it'll be someone fun because it always is. And this is where we're at in the off season doing player breakdowns, talking about the future of certain positions, et cetera. So it'll be super fun. Going to Therapy's Dope, I already said that. Yeah, go Tigers, baby.